the return of real life football, an early exit for the Joker, and the Bucks can boycott all they want now. Let's talk about it on a brand new air attack starting right now. I know so. And we will start right there with the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, who two weeks ago hijacked professional sports. I mean, that's the only way to put it. There was talk of, I think, Boston and Toronto pulling a similar stunt during the NBA playoffs, but the Bucks decided to do it, and the Bucks decided to take, you know, Jacob Blake and basically dedicate their season to him. They're in contact with his family. They are demanding. I mean, I found this to be ridiculous. Demanding to speak to the attorney general in Milwaukee. The incident was like three days old. You hadn't gotten all the video. You knew you were dealing with a trim cell phone video. And the Milwaukee Bucks decide, well, we're not going to play. We're just not going to play. And, of course, there's a chain reaction through the NBA. Then the NHL has to do it. Half the MLS, I think, or most of the MLS did it. Some of Major League Baseball did it. With one with one stunt after the next. I mean, it wasn't just the Bucks. The Mets got on, on the field, I think, with Miami and decided that they were going to take the field and then walk off. My question is, would you do this if there were paying fans in the stadiums? Because you alienated enough people with this nonsense, with this self-promotional garbage, and what I found to be one of the most childish displays I've ever seen as a sports fan. I found it to be asinine. I found it to be completely absurd. And I'm, I'm reminded of what I said when Kaepernick first started kneeling. No, this goes way beyond that. We're just not going to play. We're getting paid a shit ton of money. The NBA spent all this money to reserve these spaces, these hotels, all the security, all the testing and everything else. And we're just not going to play because there was an incident with the cops that we think might have gone the wrong way. What are you fucking kidding? And you're on the phone with Jacob Blake? Are you fu Are you crazy? Do you realize he just had... They, they think so highly of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin, they already had a court appearance via video while he's still in the hospital bed. And you guys are refusing to play in his name? Who on earth do you think you are? I mean, holy cow. My God. Can you imagine if there was a live audience there and they all paid and they all came in, they paid for beer and parking and everything, they dragged their kids there or their, maybe the, 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 their wives, whoever. And they're sitting there watching. Next thing, the, the Mets just walk off the field. The Bucks refuse to take the court because you don't like what went down in Kenosha, Wisconsin. What are you fucking kidding me? And how about the WNBA players? Well, the only time, if you notice something, the only time you hear about them is when they do something else dumb. And they come out on the, on the court. They refuse to play, too, which is going to break the hearts of maybe dozens of people across America. No, come on, give me a break. What do you think you're hurting there? They come out with matching bedazzled t-shirts with Jacob Blake's name and then seven fake bullet holes on the back of the t-shirt. Do you realize why the cops were there to begin with, ladies? Do you have any idea why, why, they, why there was a warrant out for his arrest? Oh, my God. What are you going to do? You going to go to court with him, too, during his, during his sexual assault trial? I guess the Me Too thing is just shelved for the moment. It's weird how that works. Oh, my. I mean, you can't make this shit up. This is crazy. NFL teams refusing to practice. The Saints with his name on the helmet. I told you guys, Malcolm Jenkins took zero plays, zero plays to ruin the Saints. Drew Brees has two young sons and a young daughter. Now he's going to explain to them why he's got this asshole's name on their, on their helmets? You've got to be kidding me. The Seahawks are saying they wouldn't have played a game. If there was a game this weekend, we wouldn't have played. Really? See, it's different in the NFL. There really was no boycott 
when it came to the Bucks or the or the Raptors or the Magic or anybody else, really any any team across sports. But in the NFL, it's different because they play once a week. You can't move the Super Bowl. You just can't do it. The NFL needs to get a hold of this right now and say, look, if you refuse to take the field, you lose. Now, if your opponent doesn't want to doesn't want to take the field, also they also lose. So two teams can lose the same game. That's the only way around this. And you lose your week's pay. Period. That's it. You don't play, you don't get paid. This is, I mean, this has gotten so far out of hand, and people are applauding him like it's the greatest thing in the world. Oh, we sp- what'd you guys spend the day doing? Oh, we spent the day registering to vote. No, you didn't. Stop it. No, you didn't. Okay, maybe a couple of you did. You didn't all go vote. You didn't all go register to vote. You're full of shit. And if, and if you did do that, how long does that really take? The entire day? No. Does it take as long as it takes to practice? No, it doesn't. That's a couple minutes. You bunch of liars. You're liars. Guys should be ashamed of themselves. This, this, this goes back to this nonsense was going on back when Trayvon Martin was killed by George Zimmerman. Okay? And I said it then and I'll say it again. You had two bad people. You had two nut jobs. One just happened to be beating the shit out of the other and the other had a gun. Guess who won that one? I never once have I implied that what went on at Kenosha was good policing. In fact, I had the pleasure of meeting a retired lieutenant colonel from the Army. I'm not going to mention his name because he still has it. He actually still works. He's retired, but he still has a job with the government. Put it that way. As, broad as I can, broadly as I can possibly put it. With the Army, actually. And I said, what do you think about it? He goes, he goes man, I got a call from one of, my, one of my buddies who's also retired. And he said, can you believe those guys? He said, can you imagine if we had done that to an Iraqi? We'd be all over you know, the front page of every paper. I said, okay, what should they have done? He goes, I don't know, slammed him in a car door or something. You know, but they never should have let him get to the door. I said, okay, fine. But here's the problem with that. Then if they do that, that's on video also, and that's going to be considered police brutality. So now you've got what's become a tradition in America of a bunch of people ripping out their cell phones and recording and screaming at the cops while they're trying to do their jobs. You obviously have lawyers out there like Ben Crump, who just happens to show up in every one of these situations. You have Shannon Sharp and Jamel Hill using words like execute and bringing up the guy's kids that, as if that excuses his actions. And here's the thing. You still haven't explained why any of this is racist, or you haven't explained if he was even supposed to be leaving with the kids. I mean, the guy's ex-girlfriend calls 911. Did she do that thinking the cops were going to arrest him when he was supposed to be taking his kids with him? How does that make any sense? If she calls the cops to arrest him, why is he taking the kids with him? He's not supposed to be there. So did he show up with the kids? What, what, I, don't, I don't get this. Why are the kids in the car? So the part of this argument could be, could be just completely null and void if it turns out he was trying to abduct the children. I don't know that that's the case, but none of this makes any sense. But these boycotts and these little, these little shit fits these athletes are throwing are completely and utterly ridiculous. And let's see something now. Now the Bucks are out of the playoffs, Okay. 4-1, they go down to the heat. They almost got swept. They had to go overtime in game overtime in game four to avoid getting swept. Now, I understand Giannis went down, but he wasn't hurt for all those games, right? He, play, he played the first three games. What do you? Th- and everyone's trying to figure out, like, what happened? Where, where did they go wrong? What changed? We know what changed. They decided they weren't there to play basketball anymore. They were there to, to be performers off the court. They had a whole list of demands. That's the cool thing now. You get together, you get together as a team in your practice gear. You huddle together. You put your masks on. You rattle off a list of demands for real change. You need real change. You need, you need it right now. 
It's a joke. Now they're not playing anymore. Now they've got all the time in the world to devote to social justice and racial equality and blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is that you supposedly were fighting for in that bubble, well, now go do it now. You got more freedom. You got all the time in the world. You have to worry about practice, game plan, any, any of that stuff. Don't worry. Get at it, guys. I'm excited to see what you guys do. I haven't seen one NBA team leave the NBA bubble and do a thing about any of this. Not to mention the eight teams that weren't in the bubble anyway. I didn't see anybody involved in the community. I don't see anybody meeting with leaders, talking to cops. Not a thing. It's almost as if they're totally full of shit. Get the Lakers out of here. Now we're on to something. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's going to happen. LeBron looks like he has, and I'm not watching a lot of NBA playoffs, and a lot of it has to do with this. But because I just don't, I don't want to, there's only so much of this stuff you can have force fed down your throat all the time. But LeBron looks like he has more energy and more hop than he's ever had. Remember, people were giving him a hard time for his arms looking smaller and looking like he slimmed down uh, after the, the lockdowns. I think that was kind of by design. I think he said, look, I'm going to save my body so I come back real fresh for these playoffs. I don't know if it's going to happen. He better win this year. Because I, we don't know if Giannis is going back to Milwaukee or not. It sounds like now he wants to go back there. But a lot of people thought he might go to the Heat, might go to the Warriors. There's a lot of different possibilities. If he relocates to a different inks, I don't think this Bucks team is going to win. The Bucks te that Bucks team doesn't play a lick of defense, whether their minds are occupied on something else or not. But next year, you're going to have the Nets as a big factor. The Warriors are going to be back stronger and healthier. Not to mention the Warriors have like the number two pick in the draft, I think, don't they? So I honestly think LeBron better win this year or it's done for him. And I, quite frankly, am not sure he really cares that much. I think he cares, but I don't think he cares that much. I think he's more concerned about being a businessman, a political figure. That's fine. That's his business. He can do whatever he wants to do. Lakers signed him. Lakers paid him. He's all theirs now. And that's how it's going to be. Um, college football, real quickly. I will do college football later on, but I, actually, I guess we'll do it now. There's not a lot to talk about with the games. The, the big games kind of start this week, and they're not even really that, that exciting. I think really when you get the SEC the week after this week, then you'll have a little bit more excitement with, the, with some of these matchups. There's just, there's just not a lot of what you would call big games right now because the interconference matchups, like I think Alabama's going to play USC this year. That's off. There's a bunch of big games that have, got, that have been postponed already. There's been a couple of cancellations here and there. It's a problem on college campuses. You have to keep the players separated from, from the other kids or it doesn't work. But when you have college kids that go to school, they have a girlfriend, or they have multiple girlfriends, however it works, it's going to be tough. It's going to be very, very tough to do it. That's the most disciplined teams are going to have the easiest time. Having said that, look at how the Big Ten and Pac-12 have backpedaled with all of this nonsense. They thought they were going to be so political, so woke, so, so responsible looking because they thought they were going to set in motion the domino effect and this chain reaction where all the conferences were going to bail. Now it turns out the SEC is going on as planned. The ACC is going on as planned. So is the Big 12. Next thing you know, the Big Ten is on the phone with Donald Trump of all people. The president's over there trying to work it out with the leaders of the Big Ten. The Pac-12 is over there doing their own thing, and now they're saying, ah, oh, you know what, maybe we'll play when the Big Ten plays. They're all copycats. They thought they were going to be such trailblazers and trendsetters. Now they're all copying everyone else. Well, if they can play, I guess we can play too. Yeah, I guess you can. Leave the politics out of it. Supposedly, science is supposed to dictate what you do. It can absolutely be done if the players want to do it. You don't worry about the coaches so much because you figure the coaches are going to be responsible. With a few exceptions here and there, we've, we've seen that over the years. A couple names come to mind. Jake Gruden and Larry Eustachian. I mean, you could go on and on with that. But anyway, you figure the coaches will be responsible. It's just a matter of can you get the players to be responsible as well. Maybe you have to go with a limited roster. Maybe you have to keep the redshirt guys away from the team for a while just to reduce the risk. I don't know what you do, but you could absolutely do it. But the Big Ten and Pac-12 look like fools now. They still haven't made their minds up. It's about to be mid-September. What is going on here? 
I thought you had it all figured out when you weren't playing. Now you might play. Now you might play around Thanksgiving. Well, how, how, what are they going to do about the college football playoff and everything like that? You're just going to have your own little standalone season? Doesn't make a lot of sense. In college basketball now, Mike Krzyzewski wants every single Division One team included in the tournament. How the hell is that going to work, Coach? I mean, I know Coach K wants you talking about anything else except Zion Williamson right now. I get that. But how on earth is all of this going to work? What are you, crazy? So the bottom team from, like, the Northeast Conference is going to make the NCAA tournament? St. Francis of PA gets in? That's that's what we're doing now? Come on now. Please tell me he's not serious. I can understand if you want to say, listen, we're going to do a, a, you know, a tournament this year with 100 teams or something. There's, like, there's a couple hundred teams. When it comes to basketball, basketball and football are different. There's a lot of teams that are Division One in basketball, but not in football. Come on, Coach K, give me a break. My goodness. So you, you see with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 how politics have kind of seeped into the, to the decision-making here. And public perception, too. We know it's about optics. We know it's about liability. But still, guys, you got to use a little bit of common sense. I mean, there's a lot of jobs on the line. There's a lot, of, there's a lot on the line when it comes to college football. Some of these kids are there to play football. And overwhelmingly, in the Big Ten, it seems like the parents of these kids, and it's, there's, it goes both ways, but the parents of these kids, by and large, want the kids to play. That's why they sent them to these schools. So they can play football and in some cases have a chance to play professionally. Not all of them are going to, but a lot of them are. And you just take that away from them before anybody else figures out exactly what's going on. So we'll see how that plays out with the Big Ten and Pac-12. One way or the other, they're going to be behind everybody else. And I don't know how you work around this in terms of a national champion, if, if these teams can even be included or, or what's going to go on. But if they are excluded, the Big Ten and Pac-12 brought it upon themselves. No question. The Kentucky Derby was this past weekend. Kind of an interesting time to have it. You know, somebody said to me, this was very sort of under the radar, and I agreed. I believe that when this was first planned for Labor Day weekend, the folks at Churchill Downs, you know, really thought that they'd have fans in the stands at this point. Listen, you can, go, you can make it political. You can blame the president. You can blame the governor of this state, the, the mayor of this city, whatever you want. If you look around the world, whether it's tennis, whether it's soccer, whatever sport it is, there are very few places right now that have fans at sporting events. Any sporting event of any kind. That's just the way it is. Okay, uh, at the French League One, uh, probably, they probably have a French pronunciation for it, which I'm not interested in, but <laughs> League One in France, uh, they have a few fans in the stands, but it's very, very, I mean, just very, very few. Germany hosted a uh, UEFA Nations League match the other day. I forget who they were playing, but they had no fans in the stands. I think Churchill Downs really believed, hey, listen, let's make, let's make something out of this year. Let's kind of make chicken salad out of chicken shit and have a three-day weekend in Louisville and sort of celebrate the city. Meanwhile, what do you get? No fans in attendance and a ton of protests outside about Breonna Taylor, which is fine. I mean, look, it's been going on this whole time. Churchill Downs is more than capable of, of protecting itself. Obviously, they have a big-time relationship with the city of Louisville, the state of Kentucky. They're going to get all the resources they want because the horsemen in Kentucky have a ton of influence. It's, you know, it's one of their biggest industries. The problem I have is NBC's coverage of it. First of all, Barclay Tag makes a comment. He's the trainer of Tis Now. He's, or Tis the Law, excuse me. I believe Tis Now is Tis the Law's father. Um, he's the trainer of Tis the Law. He's 82 years old. Somebody asked him about the protest, and he said, all I know is we have a driver that takes us to the track and takes us home at night. And he said, we're not allowed to shoot them, but it looks like they're allowed to shoot us. Okay. Mildly provocative. I get it. But the way they focused on it and tried to vilify Barclay Tag like it was the worst thing in the world was just not fair. I mean, he's just, he's just calling it like he sees it as an 82-year-old man. These protests are embarrassing to the whole country. They're a joke. They're destructive. They accomplish absolutely nothing. They are obviously coordinated. They're obviously well-financed. What do you want the guy to say? 
You want him to be scared? He's richer. I mean, he's as rich as he's ever going to get. He's got more money than you'll ever know what to do with. He's 82 years old. He's had an incredible career in the world of thoroughbred racing. He's just calling it like he sees it. How about, how about why it's necessary for him to have a police escort back to his hotel to begin with? How about we address that? No, not at all. And Mike Tirico could not get enough of the protesters. And I don't know if he's just taking orders from the people in his ear or if that's something he went on his own and did. But apparently, one of my buddies told me that on Friday, he did the same thing during the Kentucky Oaks broadcast. I had that on TV, but I had it on the bottom TV. I didn't really have it on. I was actually switching rooms and doing stuff on Friday. So I, didn't, I wasn't watching the entire Kentucky Oaks card. I didn't watch all their Derby Day coverage. He must have made reference to those protesters three or four times. I only watched a couple races. And, he, and it got to a point where after the race, he's talking about it again. And he actually uses the phrase, the murder of Breonna Taylor. And I'm saying, you know what? Get this shit off my TV. It's enough. You, you weren't there. There's no video of this, of this event. You know the cops were shot at first. You want to go back and forth and back about the warrant and this and that. You guys want to keep going back and forth. How dare you say that's a murder? What is the matter with you? Are they went there to kill her? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And now the Preakness has no shot. You would think it'd be nice if Authentic, who won the Derby, who ran a great race, by the way, coming from all the way on the outside to clear the lead, working that hard, and then fighting off Tis the Law down the stretch. When Tis the Law engaged Authentic, I said, that's it. This, this fucker's going to win by four lengths. And I didn't have either one of those horses. I took, a, I took a bunch of bombs, hoping that A, Tis the Law didn't like the track, because the only loss that Tis the Law had was at, was at Churchill Downs, and B, that some of the speed would eat away at each other and set it up for some closers, because I wasn't interested. Authentic went off at like 8 or 9 to 1. It was a $41 exacta. I mean, I understand that Tis the Law was a big favorite and came in second. I get all that. There were 18 horses in the race. 41 bucks beating 16 horses? No, I'm sorry. All that traffic and everything else. Now, they didn't have to deal with a lot of traffic because they were both up front, but they had to deal with it at the outside of the race. They had to clear all those horses, they certainly had to work very hard. I wasn't interested in $41. But to see those horses go at it in the Preakness would be great. The only problem is there's no triple crown on the line. Barclay Tag now says he doesn't know what he's going to do with Tis the Law. We, we all know he's not going to run him. He's not, I, I, I highly, highly doubt he's going to go Travers, Derby, and Preakness. I, I cannot see that happening at all. But no triple crown on the line. You're going to go up against college football. And after, after Mike Tirico's woke diatribe that just wouldn't stop, they're going to have the worst ratings they've had in decades for the Preakness. You watch. And when you keep showing the protesters outside, what do you think you're encouraging to happen next? You're encouraging them to do it again because they're getting on TV. Give me a break, guys. We, that's the, literally the last thing we need. You want to acknowledge what's going on in Louisville, that's fine. You want to go ahead and, and, and not ignore the elephant in the room. Or you want to say, listen, there's a lot of protests going on outside. Fine. But to continue to return to them as if that's as much of a story as the horse racing itself, it's completely unfair to the Kentucky Derby. And if I had something to do with the Triple Crown, I would have addressed that with NBC about half an hour to the broadcast and said, knock it off. And then Kentucky Derby's got a moment of silence before they play my old Kentucky home, and they have to explain that Frederick Douglass really liked the song because now part of cancel culture is we can't sing that song either. That song is now racist. Are you noticing a theme here, people? Everything's racist. Everything that's old is racist. Everything ever, whether it's a statue, whether it's a song, whether it's a politician, whether it's a painting, doesn't matter, a building, everything's racist. Just happens to be an election year. It just happens. It just happens that way. It's just, it's just a, a major coincidence that it happens to be an election year. I don't need my sports infused with all of this nonsense. Give me a break. Can I watch a game once in a while? 
I've never appreciated having multiple TVs more than I do now because I can put sports on the bottom and put a movie or something on the top and not listen to the ridiculous commentary. I mean, College Game Day apparently opened up with Maria Taylor and, you know, Kirk Herbstreet's on, the, on TV sobbing. Why are you sobbing now? Because, because you saw Jacob Blake getting arrested and you saw it go south? That's making you cry? That's making you well up and just start sobbing uncontrolled? So, like, this is a regular thing. This happens all the time. This is a regular part of American life. It's not. I'm sorry, but it's not. It, 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 it absolutely isn't. And the U.S. Open, Naomi Osaka is coming out every day with a different bedazzled face covering with a different name of a black person who was killed. And ESPN's doing her bidding for her, saying, oh, she, she's listing the names of people who were killed by systemic racism and racial injustice. Wait a second. She had Trayvon Martin on there and Ahmaud Arbery. They were both killed by civilians. I mean, can anybody even get their facts straight anymore? Or is this whole thing just a bunch of nonsense? I'll give you three guesses which one I think. Oh, Ahmaud Arbery's mother called me and said she really appreciated it. Good, good for you. What, of course she appreciated Anybody would appreciate that. I'm not saying it's a good thing the kid died. And there's more information that's come out about the Ahmaud Arbery case. It turns out he was chased for three or four minutes, which, which may change things or may not change things. The other thing is the neighbor. You had a father and son and a neighbor. The neighbor in the Ahmaud Arbery case now says that there was a racial slur uh, uttered from the mouth of the son who actually shot Ahmaud Arbery. Now, remember, Ahmaud Arbery went for the gun, went for the guy, started punching him. You know, the, the, guy, the guy didn't chase him with a gun. Ahmaud Arbery char charged at him. Should just remember that. So we'll see. It's going to play out in court the way it plays out. But they weren't killed by cops. And maybe, and maybe, you know, maybe there is a recording out there of the guy saying a racial slur, and that would change things. But you don't know that. The kid was in a house he wasn't supposed to be in, and then he ran. There's nothing, there's nothing that crazy or illogical about what happened next. There really isn't. And as far as Trayvon Martin, Trayvon Martin talking about a victim of systemic racism. Wait a second. He was tried. George Zimmerman was, not Trayvon Martin. George Zimmerman was tried and acquitted. And I'm pretty sure there were black people on that jury. So give me a... And this is just, again, this is just, just showmanship. By all of these athletes, it's ridiculous. I'm sorry, but it's completely and utterly ridiculous. The other big story out of the U.S. Open was Djokovic hit a ball girl in the head. Um, hit her right in the throat, actually, in a fit of rage and got disqualified, which apparently is the rule. Now, first of all, there should be backups. When they have ball girls or – the girl wasn't actually a ball girl. She was a line judge. But there should be backups there because you could get her just in the normal course of play. But because she had to leave, he was disqualified. Number one seed, that's the last thing they need because he got – Osaka on one end, who apparently orchestrated a walkout at the same time the Milwaukee Bucks did. So that's going to turn people off. And then you got the number one seed on the men's side. He's out as well. Not going to be a good year for the U.S. Open. Or their ratings, I'm sorry. That's going to be a tough one. And Djokovic is a good guy. Jo Djokovic, you don't really hear about him having problems with people. Some people c compared him to Serena Williams, saying Serena Williams got much tougher coverage for her behavior at U.S. Opens in years past. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why. Serena Williams' antics at the U.S. Open were so over the top and so impossible to deal with that a bunch of, of tennis chair umpires got together and wrote to the USTA and said, listen, we're not working her events anymore. We're tired of her. We're, ti we're tired of dealing with her bullshit. You know, she's abusive. She's loud. She carries on in, in front of, obviously, a packed stadium. Djokovic did what he did in an empty stadium that probably would have done the same thing in a packed stadium. Who knows? And people are trying to compare one to the other. Hey, listen, if they want it, they, they got rid of him. I respect him for one thing. They got rid of Djokovic, regardless of his status as a player. Do I think that should be what happens? No, I don't think it should be what happens. I think that you take the girl to the hospital who got hurt, 
You let Djokovic work it out with her. She makes a bunch of money, and that's all there. And, that, and it's, it's fine. They decided they were going to make an example and say, listen, you can't act like this. This is the rule. The rule is the rule, and this is how the rules work. There you go. I don't remember Serena Williams ever being disqualified for her behavior. I remember her losing points for behavior, but I don't think she was ever tossed out of the U.S. Open for her behavior. I think that would have been a much bigger story. I think I would have caught that one. So there's really not a comparison. Maybe the he you take headlines and put them next to each other. But again, this is just more. This, all of this does is drive up the tension between people. And a lot of the people that absorb this stuff are kids. There's some. Don't get me wrong. There are some very immature adults and some very dopey ones and some and just just some adults of very low character who love this shit. But really, it's kids who absorb a lot of this shit and are are now being taught to distrust cops, distrust people of different colors, and it's fucking stupid. It's pure stupidity, and, no, and nobody needs it. Okay, no one needs to see. No one needs to see your bedazzled face coverings, Naomi Osaka. Now I just won't watch anything you're involved in. I'm not going to watch that tournament anymore. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of all of it. And like I said, college game day. Maria Taylor's on there. Maria Taylor, who remember something, went off on Drew Brees a couple months ago, like that was her job. Now, okay, is now hosting a roundtable. This is how we're kicking off the college football 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 season. Excuse me. With a roundtable on racism. Boy, I tell you, that's fun. And the moment of silence before the Kentucky Derby. And some face masks with the names of dead people from, from the U.S. Open. What a great weekend of American sports. Give me a break, people. Once again, it's like you've forgotten. There's a pandemic that's cost a bunch of people their jobs. That's cost a bunch of people their businesses. That's forcing parents, parents to take off from work and now work from home if they can. To teach their kids. Or accommodate their kids being taught digitally. You forgot all that, all that, didn't you? I mean, could you have any less of a clue? My God. Now, I know what's going on in Washington right now would also kind of suggest that those people don't have a clue either, and that is their job. So, and somebody wanted me to talk about the Nancy Pelosi thing with her hair. The problem isn't Nancy Pelosi getting her hair done. Of course she gets her hair done. They're all getting their hair done. Have you seen them? They're, I mean... I understand they haven't been at work much the last few weeks because that's just what they do in August. And they, I, I agree they should have all been in Washington working on helping out people who need it. I get that part. But they're all getting haircuts. They're all getting their coloring done. They're all getting their... That, that's not the problem. The problem is that she has been part of this campaign where basically if you're in public and you're not wearing a mask, you're the worst person in the world. Unless you're at a protest, which somehow makes it different because they're the party of science. Anyway, she's got a matching mask for every one of her outfits. Okay, which probably cost 800 bucks a pop to begin with. If not more. That's the problem. And she claims she has no, no idea that there's rules about masks and yada, yada, yada. The other problem is that no one else can get their hair cut. No one else that owns a salon can keep it open for normal people. That's the problem with her. And there's other problems with her, too. And there's problems with Republicans. There's problems with all of them, guys. I mean, they're, all, they're not handling this well at all. It's gotten ugly and political. And they've totally forgotten that there's people sitting around waiting for money. It's ridiculous. So you're seeing a disconnect in, in, in Washington with these people, but a real disconnect in the sports world of what people are actually going through right now. I'm not saying that was good policing in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Of course it wasn't good policing, but they were also put in no-win situation. And you forget about that part. Barclay Tag makes a comment about protesters. Yeah, but he's put in a situation where he needs an armed escort back and forth to the hotel. You forget about that part. Guys are just picking and choosing whatever little little nuggets you you want to be true, okay, and forgetting about the rest of the stuff that's going on on planet Earth right now. You just had a couple of hurricanes hit the Gulf Coast. 
You just had, I mean, there's these fires in California. My friend Gina sends me a screenshot on Twitter. You follow me on Twitter, by the way, on BC, aka The Man. 118 degrees in California. 118 degrees. In Denver, they have fires all over the place, and then it snowed a couple days later. People are going through some real shit right now. Okay, I don't need a cadre of Nike athletes shoving a Democratic Party agenda down my throat. I just don't. I don't care if you like the president. I don't care if you love the president. Whatever side of politics you're on, you need to give it a rest once in a while. Especially when you're paid a ton of money to play sports. Do us a favor. Do it. Good God. Just this week, Cap uh, Madden comes out from EA Sports. Oh, we're, we're putting Kaepernick back in the game. Oh, that's a big deal. And he's actually better than Kyle, Kyler Murray, which is pure comedy. But then again, since the guy refuses to actually play because his girlfriend won't let him get a tryout, when he does try out, he moves it to 40 minutes from the original spot, so he doesn't actually have a chance to be on an NFL field with a team, you'll never really know how good he is right now. I can tell you he's not as good as Kyler Murray. That's a, that is an absolute joke, but that's the idea to begin with. The idea is to glorify him, and it's just cheap marketing by the, by the Madden people. Uh, as far as the NFL goes... Week one this week, obviously, Chiefs and Texans. There's going to be fans in the stadium in Kansas City. I think it's going to be somewhere around 20,000. We'll see how that goes. I mean, I mean, it's it's a lot less than they normally hold. Like, it's probably like 25% capacity. Okay. But once you're in the concourses and whatnot, how much social distancing is going to be there? If they trace cases back to that game, remember that happened in Europe at a soccer game in, in Italy. That was, that was a big spreader in Europe. It wasn't... Listen, it was going to spread around Europe anyway, but there was a soccer game in Lombardy that was, I think it was Atalanta was playing, right? Against someone from Spain. And that and it was a UEFA tournament, and that actually spread it all around Italy, all around Spain, and it became a mess from there. It was going to spread around there anyway, but that didn't help. If they trace cases back to Arrowhead Stadium, that'll be an issue. They're going to have fans in Jacksonville and a couple other spaces, but, but most of these places are not going to have fans. So if you're looking at these games, obviously home field advantage is going to be a little bit different. Now... In Jacksonville, I would check the forecast and see exactly how hot it's going to be before you lay eight and a half points on the Colts. I would look at stuff like that. I think with the limited preparation in the NFL, you might see some high-scoring games this week. Look at a team like, like the Ravens. I'll give, you, I'll give you one thing that I'm on right now. The Cleveland Browns team total right now sits at 20. I would go over that. I'm not sure they should be getting eight and a half points or seven and a half points or whatever it is where, where you like to make your wagers, but the Browns, uh, 20 points against the Ravens, um, who just got rid of Earl Thomas. So situations like that, I would look at things like that. I would look at new coaching staffs. Do I think the Colts should be eight-and-a-half-point favorites over anybody on the road with Phillip Rivers as their quarterback, never having played a down against another team? Remember, there's no preseason this year. No, I don't think they are. Am I running to bet the Jacksonville Jaguars? Not necessarily. But I'm just saying situations like that, I think, are things you should bear in mind. The NFL has done a great job with testing. A great job. They've done a great job with getting their players to buy in. And understand now, my, my guess, and I don't know all the details here, is that if you test positive in the NFL, they're probably going to dock you a paycheck. I don't know if that's true or not, but whatever the case is, the NFL players have done a very good job of sort of staying the course and sticking to the script so that they have the chance to play. So we will get NFL football this weekend. It doesn't look like any, any game cancellations, nothing, nothing crazy, no boycotts, anything like that. We'll see how the season plays out in week one. I personally think the NFL will go on and be okay. College football might be a different story just because with college football comes college campuses. And with college campuses, obviously, comes a lot of issues. We already saw Baylor cancel a game this weekend. Um, we've seen a couple games. I think TCU and SMU had to cancel a game. I believe those are the two teams. We've seen problems. You're probably going to see more of that. So we'll see how that plays out, what plays out with the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and, and we'll see all that. So I'll go with Cleveland Browns, a team total over 20 points. There's a couple other ones I like in there, too. I might actually take a look at the Arizona Cardinals in that same kind of bet. Arizona... 
Arizona had success moving the ball against San Francisco a couple times last year. I believe their team total is going to sit around 20 uh, this week as well. So I would take a look at maybe those two, but I would tread very lightly going early on with some of these wagers. In terms of surprise teams, I always give you a couple surprise teams. I can't give you one in the NFC because the NFC West is all pretty good teams. The NFC North is all kind of mediocre teams. I just don't see, I just don't see it happening there. The NFC South, I think, the, I think Malcolm Jenkins has already done damage to the Saints. If the Bucks improved, it wouldn't be a big surprise because Brady's there. And I think even that's going to take a little bit of time because arm strength is going to be a bit of an issue there. And he hasn't, again, he hasn't worked with the offense against an opponent. That's a very big deal. Atlanta, I'm not sold on their defense. Carolina's in a rebuild with Matt Rule. The Giants, who knows what the hell is going to go on. You could make a case for the Giants with their new coach, but they've got so much work that has to happen. Plus the Cowboys... The Cowboys have a new coach in Mike McCarthy. The Eagles were banged up last year, but none of those teams will really be big surprises. Maybe the Redskins, maybe the Redskins take a step forward, but do I think Ron Rivera is going to turn that whole team around starting in week one? No, I don't. I can't give you a real bona fide surprise team. I'll give you two in the AFC, though. Number one is the Jets. Okay, I think the Jets are simply a Sam Darnold better than average season away from having a really good year, especially when you consider the fact that Tom Brady's gone from the Patriots. And the Patriots, that's not, that's not even the big story. Because Cam Newton could move in there and provide a lot of trouble for other teams if he could stay healthy. The bigger story is Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower, and all these other guys that have decided to opt out. Like, once Tom Brady was out, they're like, all right, so are we. The, the, the Patriots defense did a, was responsible for them staying in a lot of games last year because the offense was the furthest thing from explosive. Everything was just very disciplined. And the, even the Patriots defense was a little bit overrated because they played such crappy teams early. So I would say the Jets and the other team... I'm going to stay in the same division, the Bills. If Josh Allen can just become just become a decent quarterback throwing the ball deep, we saw what he did against Houston in the playoffs last year. It was an abomination to watch. It was terrible. It was absolutely awful. They bring in Stephon Diggs. They bring him back. A lot of the guys from the same defense, that could be a very, very tough team. I think either one of those teams could win the AFC East. So if you're looking for a surprise team, I would look at one of those two teams, either the Jets or or the Bills to surprise. But as far as week one goes, I'm going to go with the Browns. Team total over 20, and I'm going to leave it at that. And that is all the time we got this week on the Air Attack. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out Facebook.com slash the Air Attack. Also, follow me on Twitter at BCAK the Man. Follow the show on Twitter at Air Attack Radio. And remember, the Air Attack with BC the Man can be found on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Anchor, on YouTube, and soon on Twitch TV. Subscribe and share today. Close it out tonight with Lace. Here's Double Park It. I'm Beast of the Man. See you guys next time on the Air Attack. Let me get this started by saying you the finest thing up in here, baby girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to you. Hey, 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 girl, what's your name? What it is? I'm this real five. I'ma tell you what's the biz. You ain't never met a player like this. Diamonds on the neck, diamonds on the wrist. I'm lit, you lit. Together we'll shine, baby. Peep this. You so fly, my weakness. Looking like candy sweetness, yeah. And that ain't no lie. You caught my eye as soon as you walk by with that pretty ass face and them sexy ass thighs. Ass so fat, got me saying, oh my. Let me add some spice in your life. Let's ride. You can be my 
wife for the night. Let's roll, let's go for show. You know we can keep it on the low. Yeah, I told you, baby girl, all you gotta do is ride with me, vibe with me, and I can change your life, you heard me? <laughs> so come on, let's ride. Ride with me, vibe with me, get high with me, slide through the 305, yeah, my city. So litty, so pretty, yet so gritty. You like it, you love it, you so witty. And you know I like that. Messing with me, we'll put you on the right track. After I hit it, have you coming right back? I'll eat you up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you a snack, straight facts. Yeah, yeah. Feeling good, baby, let me start it.